You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It's a Thursday on the Cowboys Blogging the Boys podcast network and of course it's time to get riled up and boy do we have things to get riled up about tom just a week ago we were riding high on one of the best performances we'd ever seen from a cowboys quarterback things felt incredible and then just one short week later tom we're contemplating how this all went so horribly wrong and what we're going to do to fix it in the offseason. And of course, I'm talking to my man, Tom Ryle. You can follow him at Tom Ryle BTB on Twitter. Of course, you can follow me at RW3 there on the Twitter sphere as well, as well. And follow all the great content at bloggingtheboys.com. Cowboys get knocked out of the playoffs as they lose to the San Francisco 49ers. You know all that. And as we're sitting here now, Tom, the wheels are already turning inside the Cowboys organization. Coaches on their way out. Interviews being had with Cowboys assistants. So I think before we ultimately you know, discuss where we stand roster-wise, we've got to speak about the moving deck chairs that are already uh, being put in other places. Yeah. Um, both, uh, George Edwards and Skip Pete, uh, had their contract expire and the, uh, organization decided not to bring either of them back. Um, as you may recall, you know, Pete had a little bit of a dust up, uh, about Tony Pollard and his ability to play an entire game, uh, which, was probably more miscommunication because Pete was really just repeating what Pollard had told him, uh, in perhaps a jesting manner. Uh, and, uh, but still, you know, that they've decided not to bring him back. And now we don't know what's going to happen with Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn. I, I, I have to think that Dan Quinn is gone. Um, he's getting a lot of interviews, uh, considered one of the best defensive coordinators in the league. It wasn't the defense that fell down against the 49ers in the divisional round. Uh, So I think he's likely gone and Kellen is getting a couple more interviews. It's not unfathomable that both of them might depart. And then the Cowboys uh, and Mike McCarthy particularly have to figure out how they're going to rebuild their staff. Who's going to come in. What that's going to do to the continuity of things, uh, because the two, the uh, you know, Quinn system was obviously working and had his players fired up. Uh, you know, of course, he had Micah Parsons as the uh, you know the trump card that he was able to lay out there. So whoever would come along would inherit that. But there's also, as somebody pointed out, there's a lot of continuity with Dak Prescott and the Kellen Moore offense. What's going to happen to that? What 
how different will, will a new offense be? Uh, this is going to be the first time, really, I think, in his career that uh, Prescott has had to learn a new system, if if it is indeed a new system. And so, yeah, it's, it's a lot's going to happen with the coaching staff. Uh, many unknowns there. And, you know, it's not a good thing in that aspect. Well, I mean, we kind of knew that turnover was coming and Jerry can money whip these guys all they all he wants, but ultimately he can't give them the title that they can get in other places. And Dan Quinn being considered a finalist as we speak in several different coaching positions. So I think it, I think it is 99% likely that he's gone and Kellen's like 70% out the door. So I do kind of expect yeah. them to make some moves in those two departments and we'll see if they go from within, right. Is uh wit the next guy on the list in, in one of those areas. Uh, I think, I think that probably is one of the guys they'd be looking at, but we'll have to see. I don't want to speculate too far down that road because I don't want to discuss coaching philosophies of coaches that may or may not be here. Right. I just want to wait until that guy happens and then we can mm-hmm. discuss that. Cause we're going to have plenty of time to do it, Tom. Unfortunately, <laughs> that's kind of where we find ourselves now looking at the Cowboys roster and figuring out what pressure points can be addressed right now before we get into the ones that you and I think are the most important for the Cowboys to focus on this offseason. We need to address a couple of the elephants in the room. First and foremost, Dak Prescott's going nowhere. So stop yes. listening to that garbage. Okay. If you are hearing anybody out there asking a serious question, oh, well, it has to be talked about. The discussion needs to be being had inside the Cowboys organization about the quarterback they just gave a long-term contract to with guaranteed money all over it that is still on the books. Stop. Stop listening to that garbage, please, because it is mind-numbing to hear people suggest that Dak Prescott could be gone. Now, do you want to have a discussion about Dak Prescott's performance against the San Francisco 49ers? I'm open for it. As a Dak proponent, Tom, I feel like I need to testify and say that was a garbage performance. Yes. And I think he would say it too. But with all that in mind, he's not going anywhere. They no. don't have a backup plan. There's nowhere else to turn. So – Get over the stages of grief in which you're negotiating, right? And just understand that that is not the area that we can address to immediately improve this team for 2023. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think the, an excellent point's been made that, uh, you know, look at look at what has happened with Patrick Mahomes and Can- the Kansas City Chiefs. He is arguably the best quarterback playing in the NFL today. I think he's the uh, best he we've does. ever I think he's the best we've ever seen. Like I know it's too early to say, but I yeah. think he is the by the time he's done, he will be the best we've ever seen. Yeah. His he does the one thing the one quarterback that may be considered better, I think, is is Peyton Manning, who just was one of the most brilliant coaches on the field at the snap that I've ever seen. Uh, but outside of that, the things Mahomes can do with, with escaping, with, with improvising, with making 
throws from the most ridiculous angles imaginable with his arm. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that is something to watch, and it may become a, a pretty strong case. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a bit young in his career for me to jump out and say that, but I think he's definitely got the potential. But even though they had him, they continued to build the roster around him. They were always bringing in talent. And, you know, even when they lost Tyreek Hill, they brought in some other quality pieces to help give him the support he needed. Yeah, that's where a couple of things come up for the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. And because... absolutely. Like, you look at some of the guys that when Tyreek left, they added Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They added Juju Smith-Schuster. Miko mm-hmm. Hartman was coming back. They obviously added Isaiah Pacheco in the draft. They added uh, Jarek McKinnon a season ago, right, in the offseason. So they added quite a few pieces when they wound up letting Tyreek Hill go. And they continued to try to pepper things, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. But ultimately, like, he is a special case unto himself. Whether he had talent around him or not, I think they're going to look okay. It's completely unfair, though, to put Dak to that level, especially when, by the end of this offseason, Tom, Dak Prescott isn't even going to be a top-10 paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, uh, unless they do some kind of an extension, which is not beyond the, the realm of possibility, They've got to do something with the salary cap. They ain't got no cap space. And that's with having all these unsigned free agents of their own that they're going to certainly want to bring some of them back. Uh, So now, mm, you know, you go like, all right, they get, they're going to do something there. And I'm actually going to be looking at that a little bit later. Uh, and we'll put up an article on blogging the boys about that. So everybody stay tuned over there, uh, looking at some of the the things they can do. I'm not going to necessarily say I can tell you what they should do, but I can point out some of the places they can find that cap space. I I love those articles, by the way, highly referenced in the media, (sighs) right? You will see the blogging the boys contract trigger breakdowns, because basically what Tom's talk, talking about is how they're going to play these games and free up some $30, $40 million of cap space. You may not like what they do, ultimately, long-term, but they will be able to do it, and Tom's going to show you how. Yeah, um, and and some of them may be rather unpopular with certain segments. Uh, at least one decision, I won't spoil it too much, one decision they'll make that's going to make some people happy and other people are going to scream. So, you know. Wow. Just, yeah, All right. That's a tease, up. Tom. Look at Lee. Yeah, I like to know that. Yeah. Uh, Tom. But the thing that I look at now is, is if you just look at the roster, what are the problems that need to be really addressed? And when you look right now, if you're going to lay out the top three needs the Cowboys have right now, uh, as we don't know what they're going to do about some of these, uh, uh, new free agents that they need to decide whether or not they're going to bring back. The top three things I see are wide receiver, cornerback, 
and offensive line, either possibly a new starter or for some depth. Wait a sec, and Tom. When I, what uh, year is this? Yeah, that was the thing. When I sat down and looked at that list, I said, this is the exact same list that we came up with and we were talking about all the way through the offseason and training camp. They, you know, let's just talk about what happened last year. First, there was the whole Amari Cooper mess where Stephen Jones basically talked down his worth and then made the decision that he had to keep a bigger piece of the pie and uh, or and let and they traded Amari Cooper away for a pittance. And of course, all Amari Cooper did was go lead the Cleveland Browns in receiving yards and playing with Jacob B. Brissett and a very rusty Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cowboys couldn't possibly have used him there. Okay, so they had C.D. Lamb. That was what they were going to build everything about. Since they didn't bring back Amari Cooper because he's too expensive, they took that money and signed Michael Gallup. Okay, Gallup was a really good receiver until he got hurt, and they knew he was not going to be ready to start the season, and they weren't sure how well he would recover over the course of the season. Spoiler alert, not nearly as well as they hoped or as fast as we they had hoped. <sighs> okay. Then they had Noah Brown coming back. Oh, yeah, okay. Noah Brown was okay. Yeah. Not terrible, but he certainly wasn't great. Spent a draft. So let's so let's go in, let's go into uh let's go into free agency and let's pick up some help in James Washington. Uh, let's look at his stat line. One target, zero receptions. Cut before the end of the season. All right. Cowboys are going to go out and draft somebody. They're going to do great. Jalen Tobert. Yeah, if you haven't, if, if, if that name seems almost like, wait, who's that? Because all he did was play some special teams. He did nothing on offense. That's, oof. And you didn't then, want to call you know, him a bust, but I might be ready to. As I said, he's sort he's on the he's on the watch list for yeah. being a bust now. Uh, he may come out, he may get everything fixed, he may be a, a contributor next fall, but we were all expecting they were gonna have to lean on him this year, and they didn't he wasn't even there to lean on. Well, you know, if it, just, if it wasn't going to be him though, Tom, I mean, they just spent a draft pick on a wide receiver a season ago named Semi Fahoko, right? He must be ready to go in his second year, ready to make an impact and be a part of things, right? Oh, wait, he didn't really do a whole <laughs> lot either, did he? And then I seem hey. to remember like a slew of wide receivers in training camp, Tom, who whose names we all kind of cycled through to get excited about because they had one nice day in camp. Uh, names like Dennis Houston. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, I was I almost wanted to spring on you and ask you, who were your favorite camp wide receiver names that you could remember? Because 
I legitimately, legitimately remember whole segments being dedicated to the wide receiver that caught, you know, two big catches in the end zone at practice. Yeah, it was, and it, you know, it it was all we. We we always as and I tried desperately not to do this. We still let ourselves get pumped up and bought you know bit the cheese you know <laughs> and it just it did not happen. T.J. Basher, that, dude, that was my favorite name. Oh yeah, that and, was my favorite uh, one, T.J. Vasher. But ultimately, ultimately, Tom, we did get a legitimate named wide receiver. We got an yeah. MVP. And Cavante Turpin, who was going to be the secret sauce that would change it all, the extra extra dynamic to the offense, Tom, that was going to bring it. <laughs> yeah, great. A really good punt and kick returner. Let's let's give him that. He was. That's he was a dynamic he, punt that's... and kick returner. I do, they did find one with that. I, I, yeah, that's fair, right? Good call. But that's all he did. He did not help the wide receiver room at all. Finally, towards the latter part of the season, when they they some finally they woke up and said, Gosh, we got a problem. They went and signed T.Y. Hilton for the remainder of the season. He's gonna be a free agent too. And there were some flashes with him, but he just wasn't there long enough to really get fully incorporated into the offense. And so here we are. We've got C.D. Lamb. We've got Michael Gallup, who's apparently, uh, who we hope is going to be more healthy and more ready to go. Yeah, and we've got, you know, we've got Semi Fahoko and, and we've got Jalen Tolbert. Tolbert. And uh, <laughs> do you have a two-headed monster at tight end, though? Peyton Hendershot and Jake Ferguson. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, because I don't think Dalton Schultz is coming back, folks. Let's just face it. No, he sure is not. Um, and after after so- his last two touches um, against the 49ers, I think that really sealed his fate because he just he just he he just hardly tried on two plays that might have given the Cowboys a slim shot. Uh, but he let himself get driven backwards so the clock didn't stop when they had no timeouts. And then he didn't get his foot down. I mean, he just, all he had to do was drop his right foot. Just drop it. 
two inches. <sighs> so here we are. And that's, it's almost identical to where we were a year ago. It's like, how do you go a whole off season, a whole training camp, a whole season, and you're exactly where you were? Down to the way they finished the season, Tom. Oh, no. Down to the way uh, they finished the season. Yeah, <laughs> it was. They lost, yeah, wound up losing to the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, now, I, I will interject briefly. I consider they made progress. They got a win. They took a step forward. They did. And everybody in, in in Cowboys Nation and, quite frankly, a lot of the NFL, they want that instant success. I'm okay with, okay, sometimes we got to build. Uh, you have to hope that your key players stay healthy and don't regress. But this is still just, to me, malpractice by the front office. And mm. when I say malpractice by the front office, I'm throwing s- stones at Stephen Jones in particular. Yeah. Uh, you know, that was terrible. Uh, now, cornerback is a problem again, but that's a different kettle of fish to me because as it turned out, what they rolled into the season with was a good secondary and a solid group of cornerbacks. They just had two of their three starters go on IR during the season. Yeah. And they they even managed to find one handle some of that because Deron Bland was, I think, their steal of the draft. They found him. Yeah, they got it. They got a, a, a good one with him. And I think he's got a good future. So now they've got to address that. I'm going to kind of say we can give them a pass on that. Um, you know, I I I, I think uh, no. Uh, excuse me, Anthony Brown is another one that is going into free agency, and coming off an injury, that's always a touchy thing. That's you're taking a little bit of a risk with that, and can you use that to get him at a really team friendly contract? Yeah, uh, Lewis should be back, and you know. Israel Mukwamu uh, came on real strong late, so maybe they've got some answers there, and they just need to go out and add one or two uh, corners through the draft. Maybe they can find something in free agency, although we all know how the Cowboys look at free agency with disdain and disgust. Well, it's unlikely they, they're going to pay top dollar for a quarter a cornerback. Um you know, it just sure would have been nice if Kelvin Joseph would have hit bigger than he has thus far. Yeah, he's been he's been a disappointment. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and say, "Boy, I got a lot of hope for him to come come out, come up, and 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 be what they need." I just no, he just got I don't see leapfrogged it. by a rookie. On a, yeah, like and, he's and Nate on his Nation way out. Right, Nation Wright got replaced by Mukwamu, who was a safety, remember? He came in and basically made it unnecessary for them to, to lean on right. Ugh. So it, they've got a mess there. Uh, I, I don't fault them as much for it happening, as I said, because it was injury-driven. 
but they're going to have to do better this year, I think, with that. And then it comes to the other one that absolutely drove me crazy because I was talking about this kind of loudly. I think it was one of the more vociferous people about this. You were. They had terrible offensive line depth. And they had, I think they had good starters. I mean, the original plan was to line up Tyron Smith, Tyler Smith, the rookie at left guard, Tyler Biotish, the the inestimable Zach Martin, and Terrence Steele. That's a good starting offensive line, but it was paper thin, and there was always the risk of what did happen. The so often injured Tyron Smith went down in training camp and would miss most of the season before coming back to try and fit into a jumbled lineup because of Terrence Steele's injury. They had nothing really in the form of backups outside of Connor McGovern, who got pressed into starting duty. Yeah, Uh, they were lucky that they stumbled into Jason Peters, who just happened to be from the local area and just happened to be in a position where the only place he really wanted to play was near his home. Yeah, but you you have to wonder, is he going to, A, is he going to want to play? No. he's He's a free agent. C, you can't depend on him to start and complete a game. Because and here we are in this position. They are worse than they were a season ago, right? Yes. Quarterback, slightly better. Wide receiver, maybe the same as they were going into last season, right? Just as bad, right? They yeah. were low last year. They're low this year. I think they're much worse going into this offseason with where they are along the offensive line than they were and, going into last because Tyron's probably retiring. Yeah, I thought I thought he would retire rather than try to come back late in the season. I, I really was a little surprised as battered and beaten up as his body is. Uh, you know, he's been with the team a long, I think it's like this is going to be his 12th or 13th year. That's an eternity in football. That is a Methuselah. You know, if if you're talking about anything other than than maybe quarterback and long snapper and kickers, perhaps nobody lasts that long in the NFL and plays at a high level. Now, when Ty- Tyron Smith is healthy, he's still basically a, a, a Pro Bowl level player. The problem is, how long can you depend on him being healthy? Remember, it was just, it was just, I think, I think a non-contact injury in camp. And 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 the minute he goes down, right, you're now only as good as the next guy you have to put in his place. And the Cowboys were unsure of who that next best guy was, as you can tell, because they shuffled their offensive line in every which way they could right up until that, that final playoff push. Right, they were shuffling into that Bucks game, and and they also, you know, they they had a little trouble late in the season because Tyler Biotish got nicked up and missed a few games, and they really missed him. 
because he he is the quarterback of the offensive line, calls the pass protections and, and assignments. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I, I think I've seen a lot of people that are talking about, you know, they need to what they need to draft. And there are people talking about how bad they need to draft a, a, a running back because I, oh my all right. Yeah. I, yeah. I need a second on a rant on that one. You well, yeah, we you we might want to bottle that one up because I think we could do a whole podcast on that whole subject of what's coming up there. But okay, I see a lot of people who are doing mock drafts and stuff, and I'm not seeing any offensive line getting drafted. Yeah, and that to me is just like okay. Remember last year they hit on Tyler Smith. He 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 came in trained at guard, had to kick back out to tackle. Uh, got played some at guard, some more. You know, it just, I think they got every penny, <laughs> uh, every ounce of the value of that first round draft pick out of him. But, you know, they're picking 26 in the first round, and then they're in the 27th spot, I think, the rest of the rounds because. Uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, forfeited their first-round draft picks, so everybody just kind of moves up a little bit after their what would have been their slot. But they don't have a lot of draft capital. They've got only six uh, six draft picks right now because they did trade uh, for Jonathan Hankins, who I think was a good pickup. Hope they yeah, keep. He's a he's a free agent again. Yeah, I know. And. Uh, You know, they'll get they'll get a projected three comp- compensatory picks, but that's still not a lot of draft ammo because they are so late in the order. And and I think these three areas are absolutely vital for them, exactly as they were last year. And it's like, okay, you didn't have a plan last year. Are you going to roll in with the same approach this year? And I wouldn't be surprised if they do exactly that because they are so stubborn. They, and Stephen Jones being the most stubborn of them all, they, they so believe they're the smartest guys in the room they thought that this whole C.D. Lamb and a committee could work at wide receiver. It failed miserably, but I would be surprised to see them, you know, roll into camp with with you know fourteen UDFA wide receivers, thinking they're going to find the answers there. I this hate is that, I hate that I agree with everything you're saying. I hate that you're right. They're absolutely yeah. going to do that. Yeah, and and it's 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 kind of it, you know maybe a little bit convenient, but it's depressing when you basically can just go back and copy and paste an article from eleven months ago and drop it in, and it's still absolutely relevant. Well, and the problem with that is, as big as those holes seem to be. At some point, 
there's going to start to be some rust that shows in other areas. At some point, yeah. they're going to have to break out the checkbook for CeeDee Lamb and Trayvon Diggs and Micah Parsons. And when mm -hmm. that time comes, how will they have allocated that money? How will they have built around Dak Prescott to give him the pieces necessary? Because, you know, I don't think he's the quarterback that can make it all work if he doesn't have a little bit of help around him. Mm -hmm. But I do think he's a quarterback capable of winning it. If you do your job to provide him with help. And I think the Cowboys failed in that regard for this season. Yes. He had his own failures, but I think predominantly right now I'm putting that blame more on the lack of help that was put around him than I am directly on Dak Prescott's shoulders based solely on one performance. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, I agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, Prescott seemed to be playing scared against the 49ers. Uh, someone observed that they thought that the Cowboys offense as a whole was scared of the 49ers defense, including Kellen Moore. Uh, they didn't. It's like they Pre, Prescott is at his best play action, moving around. Uh, uh, getting out of the pocket, and yet they went back to trying to make him a pocket passer against the 49ers. Why? What's going on? Uh, so there's, there's the Cowboys. The Cowboys had one of the better teams in the NFL. I think, you know, they, they went further than 24 other teams in the league. And I think that's about where they were. They were a top, top eight team. Um, they may not have been a top six team, but seven or eight, seven is kind of is where they wound up. Yeah, that was what they were, and I think that may be a little bit better than they were last year. I mean, you look at how it happened. They they didn't make it out of the wild card round, which meant that they were only better than 20 teams in the league. So that's a step forward. But another step forward is not going to come from doing it exactly the same way you did last year. You're going to need to do something else to go forward. Right. And it's, it's frustrating. That's why the article that uh, kind of details my thoughts in a little more detail. I'm sorry, that was redundant. The article that talks about this that's going to go up uh, shortly after the podcast talks about this being deja vu all over again. Hmm. Well, we do hope the Cowboys treat it a little bit differently. I will look forward to the article, Tom, about how they're going to start freeing up the money to make way and make space for the moves that they will ultimately make because rest assured they will be adding some pieces. Some guys will go, some guys will stay and we'll have you covered every step of the way here on blogging the boys. So don't fret apologies that the season didn't go the way we expected, but quite honestly, you should, um, you should maybe expect nothing less at this point from the Cowboys until they show you something different. With that being said, you guys stay riled up on the Cowboys for Tom. I'm Roy. We will see you next Thursday.